Hello and welcome to the Victory Devotional Podcast. We invite you to take the next few minutes to connect with God, hear His voice, and respond in worship and prayer. Here's today's message. We're in Psalm 99 this morning, which is part of a series of Psalms beginning in Psalm 93 to 100 um, that really celebrates the, the perfect will and the rule of God in our personal lives, in the nation, in all of the earth, in all of history, and in all of creation. So, there's a constant theme. If they sound similar, it's because they're all extolling the goodness and the greatness of God as our King. So let's begin by reading in verse 1 until 5. The Lord reigns. Let the peoples tremble. He sits enthroned upon the cherubim. Let the earth quake. The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted over all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is He. The King in His might loves justice. You have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt the Lord our God. Worship at His footstool. Holy is He. Did you notice the number of superlatives? And dahme, yung pinaulanan ni Samis ng superlatives all in the first five sentences. I mean, look at what he said. God reigns. He is great. He's enthroned. He's exalted twice. He says that he's awesome. So hindi pala bagong word yon. Dati palang awesome. Sinasabi din nila yon. Holy twice. Mighty, just, again, two times, referring to the justice of God and righteous. What was the psalmist doing? Bakit grabe naman siya magpaulan ng descriptions about how great God is? Well, that's exactly what the psalmist was doing here. He was emphasizing the immensity, the majesty, the holy, the glory, and the greatness of God, the otherness of God. That means God's nature is different from our nature. He is entirely beyond our comprehension and our ability to understand. So why, why was the psalmist doing this? Why is such a high view of God important? God is everywhere. He is in us and He is near us. So how can He be other and great and so big and yet be in us and among us. Well, we'll get to that in a few minutes. But let me first say, in the last few, few hundred years, what modern man has attempted to do is to reduce God to a God with a small letter G. Okay? Um, we've tried to shrink him into bite-sized chunks. Kumbaga, kumbaga sa donut, munchkin. Gusto natin, munchkin lang si God. Why? Because if God is a God with a small letter G, we can control that God. Kaya natin kontrolin yun, di ba? In fact, we don't have to obey a small God. Ano lang yan? You just appease that God. You, you know, give token sacrifices, play counting religion, just show up once a week, every Sunday. Okay na yun, masaya na yun. Parang, parang pet lang yun. Parang pet God. Pinapasaya mo lang. And so, if God is reduced uh, to that size, then, uh, you know, we're not accountable for our sin, nor for our actions. I mean, really, if you think about it, that's what Eve tried to do when she bit into that apple. 
Remember, Genesis 3 says she bit the apple so that she could be like God. She wanted, she thought, by biting the apple, it would uh, bridge the immeasurable gap between God and man. And the way we do that today is we compartmentalize God. You know, if you can create a pie chart of our time and our priorities, may parte lang si God. Ito yung God part. That's the once a week I show up in church online pa ngayon, di ba? But when it comes to my career, ay, iba na yun. Wala na si Lord dyan. Separation of church and state or the sacred and the secular, iba na yan. Ako na yan, I can do what I want in my career. Sa family, siguro konti, para naman matinuhi mga anak kasi konting God dyan. In my leisure time, my hobby, ay, wala na si Lord dun. Iba na yan, ako na yan, ako nang bahala dyan. So, we reduce God, we box Him into a compartment. Or, di ba, yung we refer to God very casually now. Di ba, the, the man upstairs or the big guy, di ba? See, again, when we do that, in our minds at least, we shrink God and we think we no longer have to be accountable for Him. Okay, verse 6. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel also was among those who called upon his name. They called to the Lord and he answered them. In the pillar of the cloud, he spoke to them. They kept his testimonies and the statute that he gave them. O Lord our God, you answered them. You were a forgiving God to them, but an avenger of their wrongdoings. So why again? Why is it important for us to develop a high view of God? Well, let me bring you back uh, to a long time ago, right? When I listened to this teaching, and I say a long time ago, because when I listened to that teaching, teaching series, six cassettes, I remember that, uh, six cassette tape series on, on a particular theological debate that's ongoing for centuries, hundreds of years, and will never be resolved, okay? Because they're both, both positions are biblical. So I won't get into the details anymore because it's really a distraction. It's not essential. It has nothing to do with salvation, has nothing to do with righteous living. But it's a very interesting theological debate. But allow me to summarize everything by saying, position A, at its core, is about the free will of man, our ability and our power to choose, which is very biblical. You can find that in the Bible. We can decide and make decisions for ourselves. But position B, in contrast to position A, the core is the sovereignty of God. That God has predetermined our lives, all of human history, according to His will. So for six cassettes, kinompare and contrast niya both positions according to the Bible, presenting how scriptural both are. That it's not a right or wrong issue. It's not an unbiblical or biblical issue. It's simply a theological persuasion, if I can put it that way, that you opt to uh, pursue. At the end of the series, the pastor, after laying everything down biblically and scripturally, sabi niya, I choose position B, which emphasizes the sovereignty of God. And this is how he said it. Because, again, they're both biblical, but I choose B because any view that elevates God to the highest possible terms and diminishes man to the lowest possible terms, I'm all for that. You know, that never left me. Um, that's why, some 30 years later, I still share it with others, and that's still how I filter my theological views. Given the choice between two very biblical positions, 
whichever exalts God higher, dun ako. Alright? And that's what this psalmist uh, was doing. Notice, sabi niya, he uh, presented a picture of God from the pillar, ruling from the pillar of clouds. Okay, very high. Whereas tayo, sabi niya, in verse 5, we worship at the footstool of God. So, mababang mababa tayo. And then this psalm opened with the Lord reigns. Okay, like three, two other psalms in this series. But in Psalm 97, sabi niya, the Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice. But in this psalm, sabi niya, the Lord reigns, let the people tremble or manginig daw. And let the earth quake or mayanig. So, ang response naman natin sa, sa rule ni Lord is manginig at mayanig. Okay? So again, there's that otherness, that immensity or the magnitude of God. And then he made reference and to the cherubim, which were the angelic figures on top of the Ark of the Covenant in Exodus 25. And you know those cherubims, when they built it on top of the Ark of the Covenant, they were built facing down, not looking up, facing down because God was enthroned on top of the Ark of the Covenant. And even the angelic figures were not worthy enough or could not look up directly into the glory of God. So that's exactly what the psalmist was doing. He was emphasizing the immeasurable, the unbridgeable gap between God and between us. So again, why? Why is that important? Why do we need to emphasize the immensity of God? See, we should never lose sight. Although we can relate to God relationally, uh, personally, and intimately, we should never lose sight of the magnitude, the immensity, the glory, the holiness, and the otherness of God. And our own sinful nature in contrast to the holiness of God. Why? Because only when we understand that can we understand the truths of grace, forgiveness, and mercy, and repentance. And outside of an understanding of grace, mercy, repentance, and forgiveness, we will never fully understand the gospel. And when we understand that unbridgeable and immeasurable gap between the greatness and holiness of God and our own uh, our, our, our sinfulness and how small we really are, then we can understand that Jesus truly was God who became man, who lived the life we should have lived, died the death we should have died in our place, and then rose again from the dead. And so we can respond in faith and repentance when we see that Jesus Christ through the cross bridged that unbridgeable gap. He bridged the immeasurable gap between God and man. And not only did Jesus reconcile us, us to God, he, through Him, we were adopted as children in the household of God. That's how beautiful, that's how wonderful was the work of Jesus on the cross. And that is why, again, He deserves all of our worship. Verse 9 in closing, given all of that, exalt the Lord our God, worship at His holy mountain, for the Lord our God is holy. Let's worship God. 
in His holiness, in His majesty, in His greatness, in His beauty, in His justice, forgiveness, in His mercy, and His grace. We serve a big God who is in charge of all things, but at the same time is so near to us and in us and among us. So why don't we close this morning's devotion and prayer and worship with the only fitting way, which is to worship Him again through music. Allow me to bless you again this morning before you go. Out of number 6, verses 24 and 26, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Good morning and again, thank you. Thanks for joining us today. We hope this helps you build a habit of hearing from God daily. For more messages like these, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcast. If you'd like to watch these messages every weekday morning, visit us on facebook.com slash victoryph.